A new book reveals how to recognize and defeat the evil of communism and other totalitarian regimes like Putin's Russia. The Triumph of Good, Cain, Abel, and the End of Marxism, with commentary by the author, Thomas Cromwell. Chapter 8 The Rise of Islam A Challenge to Christianity The First Section The advent of Islam changes the world. For Westerners immersed in Judeo-Christian culture, the emergence of Islam in the 7th century AD is an inexplicable phenomenon. Undeniably a monotheistic faith, it is based on scriptures contained in the Quran that align more closely with the Old Testament, including Mosaic law and prophetic warnings, than with the teachings of Jesus. None of these differences were of great importance until Muslims began to conquer once Christian lands in the Byzantine Empire and then European countries, and in recent decades began to resort to violence and terrorism to make their wishes known. Today, the global presence of some 1.9 billion Muslims has created a situation in which it has become vitally important to understand Islam in its providential context. Critically, Islam is a cousin religion to Judaism and Christianity, and, as with all family disputes, the differences among these three faiths should not be allowed to overshadow and outweigh the commonalities, let alone be allowed to provoke violence and the destruction of the whole family of descendants of Abraham. In recent times, the terrorism of radical Muslim groups in particular has been a major obstacle to good relations among the Abrahamic religions. Al-Qaeda, which used four civilian planes in terror attacks that in New York alone brought down the Twin Towers and killed almost 3,000 innocent people, and ISIS, which has gruesomely beheaded innocent victims in Iraq, Syria and Libya, have planted images of Islam as a religion of pure evil. This dark image of Islam has been further compounded by the violations of human rights in Muslim theocracies, notably Saudi Arabia, Iran and Afghanistan under Taliban rule. The resurgence of the Taliban in 2021 has been accompanied by the brutal torture and execution of perceived enemies and the renewed repression of women and minorities. Such things remind the world of everything it finds reprehensible about Islam as a ruling ideology. For non-Muslims who have lived well and peacefully in Muslim countries, or who have Muslim family members or friends, or who have found beauty in the words of the Quran or Rumi, the terror and oppression practiced by Muslim individuals, groups or states are an aberration, an ugly distortion of the faith on par with the perversions of Christianity in the Crusades and Inquisition of centuries past. The Muslim concept of the world being divided into two competing spheres, the Dar el-Islam and the Dar al-Hab, the Muslim world and the world that has to be conquered for Islam through jihad or holy war, is not unlike the communist view of the world divided between communist states and states that have to be made into communist states. 
The difference is that while communism prescribes violent revolution and dictatorship to achieve its goals, Islam teaches its faithful to put God and a life of obedience to God above all else. If Muslims adhere to this principle and to the Quranic injunction, I quote, there's no compulsion in religion, end quote, there is no reason why Muslims cannot coexist peacefully with members of other faiths. A new section. Islam fulfills a promise to Ishmael. How then can Islam and its role in history be understood? Perhaps the best place to begin is in the family of Abraham. As we mentioned in chapter 5, Ishmael, as the elder half-brother of Isaac, was promised a blessing that was not given in his lifetime, but that became a promise to his descendants. In an ideal world, had Jesus been embraced by Israel and expanded the reach of his work beyond Israel's boundaries, the first people to receive the blessing of his worldwide mission would likely have been the Arabs. However, although both Judaism and Christianity had established a presence in Arabia by the 7th century AD, it was then that Muhammad appeared as a prophet, teaching revelations from the angel Gabriel and establishing a religion that was spread throughout the world. As with all religions, Islam has many diverse manifestations. The terrorists who cry Allahu Akbar, God is Almighty, as they detonate a bomb targeting civilians or pull a knife across the throat of an innocent person, are disconnected from the true purpose of religion, which is to connect human beings to their Creator through truth and love. There should be no condoning of their actions just as there should be no condoning of the slave trade by Muslims or Christians, or of the Christian Crusades and Inquisition. If evil wraps itself in religious garb and uses religious language to appeal to good people, it is still evil, and perhaps the worst form of evil, because it exploits good to achieve evil purposes. But there are other manifestations of Islam. There are the ordinary people going about their daily life trying to make ends meet, trying to educate their children and give them a good future. For many of these people, Islam is a source of grounding, of purpose, of moral principles that guide their daily life in peaceful pursuits. And then there are the mystics or Sufis who seek a more intimate experience with God and are willing to dedicate their one day off work to prayer and dhikr, that is devotional chanting of the name of God. This group has given rise to inspired poets like Rumi and Hafiz, as well as to many charitable endeavors, from serving one's family and community to providing food, education, and health care to the needy. New section. An early chance for reconciliation. In the early years of the new religion, there seemed a possibility for reconciliation between Christianity and Islam. On the Christian side, in 800 there was a move to unify Christendom when Pope Leo III anointed Charlemagne first ruler of the Holy Roman Empire. At the same time, the Muslim world was largely united under the authority of its leading figure, the Caliph Harun al-Rashid, based in Baghdad. The Emperor and the Caliph exchanged gifts as gestures of friendship, but soon the relationship between the two great religions would sour and they became outright enemies during the Crusades. As Islam expanded out of the Arabian Peninsula, its main rival was the Byzantine Empire, 
with its capital city Constantinople. Several attempts were made to capture this fabled city and eventually, in 1453, the Ottoman Turks under Sultan Mehmed II conquered it for Islam. The Sultan rode his horse into Hagia Sophia, the holiest church in the Orthodox world, and declared that he would make it into a mosque, which he did, embittering Orthodox Christians for centuries. This Muslim victory marked the end of a significant political role for the Orthodox Church in the Levant, as the Ottoman Empire extended to Egypt and much of North Africa, circled the Black Sea, and reached all the way to the walls of Vienna in Europe. When the Ottoman Empire crumbled in World War I, much of the Orthodox world fell under communist regimes, notably the Soviet Union in Russia and Ukraine, as well as similar dictatorships in Romania and Serbia. Following the collapse of the Soviet Union and the liberation of Central and East European countries from communism at the end of the 1980s, the Orthodox churches have been able to rebuild. The seat of the Ecumenical Patriarch remains in Istanbul, but there are only some 2,000 Greek Orthodox Christians in Turkey today. A new section, Global Expansion. Islam's rapid expansion often occurred in areas where Christianity had little success, such as westward from its Arabian Peninsula heartland along the arid lands of North Africa, and east and north into the Persian Empire, Asia Minor and Central Asia. Today there are almost two billion Muslims scattered across the earth, with very large populations outside the Arab world, in Indonesia, India and Pakistan, as well as in African countries like Nigeria and Senegal. It is the fastest growing religion on earth. The history of Islamic expansionism has sometimes been stained by violence and bloodshed. Often, conquered peoples were given a choice of converting to Islam or accepting the second-class status of dhimmis, or non-Muslims, who must pay additional taxes, the jizya, in exchange for being allowed to practice their faith. Encouragingly, the Muslim countries have not proved easy prey for Marxism, and some, notably Saudi Arabia, have been staunch opponents of communism. Muslim societies to this day tend to be more outwardly religious than their Christian counterparts, and it is still rare to find citizens in Muslim-majority countries who espouse Marxist or socialist ideas, as atheism is fundamentally antithetical to Muslim culture. The main exception to this rule was seen in some newly independent Arab states, 